Hey, Coyotes fans, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, coming to you on Wednesday, February 12th, 2020, after the Coyotes suffering an overtime loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs at Scotiabank in Toronto. It was a an overturned goal that looked like Jacob Chikrin. I'm sure you guys had... I've seen the replay by now. If not, you can head over to uh, sports.azcentral.com. We have the video for you there. I covered it in my latest Dens Digest. It looked as though Jacob Chikrin had won the game for the Coyotes uh, in overtime, but the goal was overturned on uh, grounds of goaltender interference. The uh, official is determining that Derek Stepan interfered with Jack Campbell in the Toronto crease. And then it was Kasperi Kapanen scoring for the Maple Leafs once play resumed in overtime. So I think still, right, you look at this back-to-back that the Coyotes have here in, in Canada, back-to-back in Montreal and in Toronto, that the Coyotes come away with three out of those four points is pretty commendable. And then considering that the way they started this trip in Boston, they actually played a pretty good game in Boston. I really thought Tuka Rask uh, was the difference for Boston in that game. I thought the Coyotes played really, really well. I think they played pretty well in all three games with the exception of the start to the Montreal game. But as we all saw, the Coyotes certainly pulled themselves out of a hole in that one and were able to uh we're certainly able to take charge of the game against a lesser opponent toronto a little bit more of a dangerous team as you guys saw you know they don't have the greatest defense in the world that's pretty evident and i think you know maybe you look at the difference between a team like toronto and boston you see a team like toronto i think it was especially evident in the first period how just maybe how little toronto works in the corners how little they work for pucks how little they battle uh, for those pucks, uh, you know, I think compared to maybe a team like a Boston or even really like the Coyotes, you saw how much the Coyotes, I think, took advantage um, and, and won those battles uh, in, in the game on, on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think at the end of the day, you're looking at this road trip and, and, and you're saying, hey, you know, the Coyotes right now, they're going to enter the game in Ottawa in a playoff spot. In the, they, they will be the second wildcard team when they take on Ottawa on Thursday. They need to win this game, and if they win this game, that's five out of eight on the road trip. Certainly nothing to scoff at, and then they come back home, and they get a little bit of a gauntlet. They got some tough teams coming up. They get a little bit of break toward the end of the month uh, with Buffalo coming in, but it's right back to the grind. You know, they have a lot of games against the division leader uh, in Vancouver remaining on the Coyotes schedule, so lots, uh, a lot still at stake here for the Coyotes, and I think when you look at how close things are you look at how how close this race is it, it really makes you understand how big every single point is in the standings and maybe that's what made Tuesday night so frustrating for Coyotes fans because it looked like they had two points it really looked like they had both points in in that game over Toronto and uh, in the blink of an eye all of a sudden you're only coming away with one point and things are just that much more precarious for you. Not to say the Coyotes are in a bad position, because I still think the Coyotes are in a pretty favorable position. I, the teams around them certainly have games in hand, and we'll see a couple of those come off the board here Wednesday night. But uh, for the most part, uh, they have more games played than, than a lot of the other teams. And I think uh, what you're seeing, too, is a lot of the teams in the Pacific and in that wild card chase uh, in the Western Conference Central Division they've also been unable to to take advantage of their points and they've been unable to find their run it looked like vancouver was ready to go on a big run and take a huge lead in the division and even they ended up dropping some games 
so today we'll you know we'll, we'll be talking about uh, some of those things that, that the Coyotes can do to maybe put themselves in a little bit of a better position. We'll also be talking about the Taylor Hall trade rumors that uh, so coincidentally seem to pop up just as soon as the Coyotes went through Toronto. Hint, it was certainly not a coincidence. So we'll get into more about what those rumors mean. Are they true? Are they not true? Is there something to them? We'll get into all of that here on today's episode of, uh, of Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Of course, guys, you're welcome to rate and review the show. I really do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, once again, I think it's been about uh, a full month since I've taken over this podcast. It's been tremendously fun, and I really do appreciate you guys uh, being so warm uh, to this idea. I know uh, many of you probably know me as a writer. You you, you know you know me as the guy who, who does the Dens Digest videos. You know, you might not be used to just getting me in audio form, but I really do appreciate those of you who have tuned in and streamed, and of course, I uh, especially appreciate those of you who've been downloading those podcasts. This is a tremendous help to me, and um, you know, if, if feel free to uh, to rate and review if you guys want to do that. You know, be sure to to read some of those reviews uh, on the show. I'd be more than happy to do that, guys. And of course, if you are just discovering me as uh, an audio voice. Uh, you're in luck because there is much more of me <laughs> for you uh, to see on sports.azcentral.com. I cover the Coyotes. Uh, I'm the uh, Arizona Coyotes beat writer. I also cover the Arizona Diamondbacks, which makes this time of year quite busy for me. But I do cover the Arizona uh, Coyotes for azcentral.com, the Arizona Republic, uh, Arizona State newspaper. So over there, sports.azcentral.com in both uh, uh, written and uh, uh, digital video format. So little shameless plug for you there. I'm uh, on Twitter also at R.A. Morin, R-A-M-O-R-I-N underscore A-Z-C on Twitter for all of your uh, social media uh, needs for uh, updates on the Coyotes and, of course, a lot more. It's funny I mentioned the, the, the Diamondbacks. I was actually just out there today on Wednesdays, first day, pitchers and catchers officially reporting uh, two Salt River Fields, two spring training for the Diamondbacks. So it's up bright and early. Got uh, Salt River Fields right at sunrise. Uh, so it's been a long day for me so far, but I'm here uh, for you guys talking Coyotes and, and, and talking the nitty-gritty because, as Rick Tockett has been saying for quite some time now, it is certainly crunch time when it comes to the Coyotes. And looking at the standings right now, like I said, the Coyotes are, are still looking at themselves in, in a pretty good spot. Uh, at the end of the day, and I say that because right now, like I said, second wild card spot, they're tied, uh, tied with Winnipeg in the wild card standings. Winnipeg 63 points in 57 games. Arizona's played 58 games; they have 63 points. Vegas 57 points and 60. Uh, sorry, 57 games and 64 points. Edmonton also, uh, but 55. So Edmonton three less games. Three fewer games played than the Coyotes, and they have one more point. So certainly Edmonton uh, with the games in hand, Vancouver 56 uh, games played and 65 points. So two points. The Coyotes are two points out of first place. A lot of people kind of spelling the, the doom and gloom for the Coyotes. It, it just doesn't hold water. It really just doesn't hold water, and uh, and I think a lot of that, you know, the people kind of maybe, oh, the, oh no, the sky is falling uh, in Arizona. The sky is falling with the Coyotes. That led to a lot of really... I really don't know how else to say it, but it's really strange uh, rumors regarding Taylor Hall and are the Coyotes going to trade him? Are they not going to trade him? Well, I'm going to address all of those rumors right after this break on Lockdown Coyotes.
All right, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morn, and like I said, I promised you guys I would be talking Taylor Hall, talking trade rumors. Uh, if you've been reading uh, Craig Morgan with The Athletic, he, uh, he's on the road with the Coyotes currently through Canada. Uh, you know, I think he's been he's been following this uh, this re- this report and these rumors very closely as well. So I want to make sure I, I do my due diligence and uh, and and definitely commend Craig on his reporting. If you read him of the Athletic, he's saying all the same things that that I'm hearing from my sources and the people that that I'm talking to, and he's reporting uh, as well. So I definitely want to make sure I, I let you guys know that Craig Craig is certainly on top of these things, uh, you know, just as well as anybody. But uh, from the people that I'm hearing. There, guys, I can tell you with almost 100% certainty, Taylor Hall is not going anywhere. Coyotes are not trading Taylor Hall. It's just not going to happen. There's really no reason for them to. I certainly don't. I understand the logic where people are coming from. If the Coyotes fall off the playoff pace, you know, does it make sense to flip Taylor Hall and maybe get more than you had to pay for him? Yes, I understand the logic of the situation, but the reality is the Coyotes are a team that is two points out of playoff position. Why would they trade Taylor Hall? Where would this team be without Taylor Hall? I think that's the important thing that that maybe some fans need to start considering is trying to figure out where this team would be if they didn't have this guy, if they didn't have this elite center. Because when Darcy Kemper went down, things got pretty dark for this team, and Taylor Hall was and still is producing it near a point-per-game basis. Where would this team be without Taylor Hall? And it's really not even just about... Taylor Hall's individual uh, accolades, is it? Because look at what he's done for Connor Garland. Look at how Connor Garland, not to say he wasn't playing well with other line mates, but look at what Taylor Hall has done for Connor Garland on that top line. And even more so, look at what he's done for a guy like Christian Dvorak, a two-way centerman uh, who has been, you know, I think you could say Christian Dvorak has really been the rock for this Coyotes team. Sorry, probably just heard my uh, my dogs caller shaking in the background just ignore that uh christian Dvorak really has been the uh the the rock uh to this coyotes team and that that is what i think is is the biggest thing he has allowed christian Dvorak to really elevate his game and look like a true top six centerman uh, that i think we all were kind of expecting out of out of christian Dvorak when the season began so uh, for all the people that you know are kind of hopping on the oh my goodness we need to trade taylor hall you know, this is a curse of Taylor Hall. Why are we, think about for a second, why are we even talking about this? Well, hmm, I wonder where the Coyotes were this week. Hmm, Toronto. And who are all these reporters that all of a sudden want to drop in with a parachute and write about Taylor Hall and try to propagate all these rumors? Yeah, hmm, it's a lot of Canadian media outlets. And look, I have a lot of respect for a, a lot of these media members, but still, at the same time, a lot of these rumors just have no substance to it. Craig reported uh, it in one of his recent stories, and I can confirm this, that uh, Alex Morello, John Chica, and Taylor Hall's agent Darren Ferris had a, a dinner out in Montreal uh, on, on, Sunday, on uh, Sunday night. But contrary to some reports that I'm seeing from some reporters, some reporters were saying that uh, contract extension details were being discussed in these meetings. That is absolutely not true from what I'm hearing. This was just a, a dinner to sort of a, an inter- introductory dinner to, to allow Darren Ferris to kind of meet Alex Morello, see what uh, Alex Morello's message and his philosophy is uh, at the helm of the Coyote. So that was really more what this dinner was about. This was not a contract discussion dinner. The Coyotes are, are well aware that both Darren and Taylor don't have much of an interest uh, in in talking contract extension uh, at this point in the season. They really want to wait 
until after the year to do that. So there was really no sense in, in, in this happening. I think a lot of people that were saying, oh, well, they had dinner together. They must be talking contract extension or, you know, if that goes south, then they're going to be trading him. Look, nothing has changed from the day that Chaika acquired him. You know, it seems like Taylor has has gotten along well in Arizona. It seems like he uh, he, he has certainly uh, adapted to his surroundings and his teammates, his coaching staff, the organization, uh, all of that. It seems like Taylor has, has certainly taken to that. But in terms of a contract, there's no interest right now in discussing a contract. And that's not an indictment on the Coyotes. It's just There's just no reason for it right now. They want to wait. Taylor wants to play this season out. And I think a lot of that is because he wants to see if the Coyotes are for real. And by for real, I don't mean off the ice. I don't mean in terms of their arena solution. All of that is important. Don't get me wrong. But he wants to see if they're for real on the ice. Are they for real contenders? Do they have a realistic chance at winning a Stanley Cup in the very near future? That's what Taylor Hall wants to know before he commits somewhere long term so when you talk about is Taylor Hall going to get moved I'm telling you no it's not going to happen and a is because I I just don't feel like it's prudent for the Coyotes to do that because they acquired him with the sole purpose of doing everything they can to re-sign him and if you trade a guy it's a heck of a lot harder to try and re-sign him to your club and b I don't see the Coyotes as a team falling so far off the playoff pace that Subsection A, they can't recover, or subsection B, uh, they would even do that uh, to begin with. So that that's sort of my my uh, what I'm hearing on, on the matter. I understand the rumors are out there. I understand they're a little bit concerning for some Coyotes fans, for some listeners. But I'm telling you right now, uh, it does not sound like Taylor Hall is on the training block. Could they part with a guy like Michael Grabner uh, to maybe get somebody uh, to help bolster the blue line? Sure, but Taylor Hall, I don't think he's going anywhere. We're gonna take another quick break here on Lockdown Coyotes. When we come back, we're gonna be uh, Uh, sort of previewing the end of this homestand and what awaits the Coyotes when they come back home. All right, welcome back here to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, uh, bringing you guys the uh, latest Coyotes news and everything and more you could want to know about your Arizona Coyotes. Now, as we said, the Coyotes wrapping up this four-game uh, Northeast road trip that started in Boston, went through Montreal, the next day in Toronto, and they're going to end things in Canada's capital of Ottawa, Ontario, and uh, that will be interesting. I think uh, I think this this is a big game, and I, mainly because when the Coyotes come back, they got some they got some challenges. They come back, and of course they have the quick flight. They're in Ottawa on Thursday, Friday they're gonna they're in the air, or maybe they're in the air. Maybe they're just gonna fly back uh, Thursday night. Who knows? But either way, one day in between the Ottawa game uh, and the Washington Capitals uh, in town for an 8 p.m. game at Gila River Arena Sunday. Uh, Sunday, no game, probably a practice for the Coyotes. And then it's the New York Islanders on Monday afternoon. So there you have it. I mean, it's two two really tough Metro teams right off the bat. Then the Coyotes are on the road for two 
tough central opponents, two teams who, you know, by all by all measures are going to be playoff teams as well as the Capitals and Islanders. It's Dallas and St. Louis on a back-to-back on the road. Coyotes going to come back home and host maybe the best team in the entire NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then it's the Florida Panthers and Buffalo Sabres. Some three days off between those two teams, those two teams, both of them might not be playoff teams, but still, I think Florida is a team that certainly plays tough. Buffalo hasn't been very successful on the road this season, but I mean, at this point of the year, you really can't take any team lightly. And then it's a lot of divisional matchups. Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, which is basically like a divisional matchup because you're battling with them for wildcard position. And then Vancouver again before uh, the schedule starts to get a little bit lighter by mid-March, but that's 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 the next month. That's the next month of games for the Coyotes, and that's not exactly super friendly. There's a lot of really tough teams in there and not a whole lot of breaks, but guess what? One of those breaks is tomorrow on Thursday in Ottawa. That is one of your lighter opponents in the next month. You want to make sure you get two points out of this game, not only to guarantee yourself five points out of eight on a very important road trip, on which you've played very well, by the way, despite having only one winning decision in those three games. You played very well in all three games. You want to finish strong here, grab two points in Ottawa, and then get ready for the gauntlet and see what happens. This is make or break time, and you need to bank as many points as you can, especially considering the challenges that the Coyotes have on their schedule coming up here in the next month that I just laid out. Now, how are the Coyotes going to get there? How do the Coyotes find another level to their play? Well, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast. Barrett Hayton might be a key here. Barrett Hayton's going to play one more game with the Tucson Roadrunners, and then he's going to be rejoining the Coyotes. But in what capacity? We're not really sure. We're not really sure what capacity uh, Barrett Hayton is going to be joining the Coyotes. But I, I would really like to see him in a top six role. I'm not advocating you break up that Taylor Hall, Christian Dvorak, and Connor Garland line, but perhaps you could side Schmaltz back to right center. You move Vinny Henestrosa back down the lineup, and Keller, Hayton, and Schmaltz could be a second line for you. I could see that. Or maybe you want to keep that line together. Maybe you want to make you know Keller, Hayton, and uh, yeah, Keller, Hayton, and, and Henestrosa maybe, and then you could kind of slide Schmaltz down if you want to keep him at center. I'm not really sure what the configuration you want to do. You can tinker with it. But I want to see what Hayton can do, and I think Rick Tockett alluded this alluded to this when you know, I we we didn't sort of we didn't ask him this in, in in those exact parameters, but we sort of were skirting around the question. You know, if you were using Barrett Hayton, do you feel like he's ready for these pressure moments, these pressure situations? This is a 19 year old NHL rookie, and he went right back to the World Junior Championships, which is a big big deal for players. Barrett Hayton was a hero for Team Canada. A grade one shoulder separation, still played the game, scored the game tying goal in the gold medal winning game. It doesn't get any bigger than that, and he is now a folk legend in Canada. Could he do something similar for the Coyotes and become a folk legend in the Greater Phoenix area? Okay, maybe I'm being a little too dramatic, and I recognize that, but at the same time, isn't it worth seeing? Isn't it worth seeing whether Barrett Hayton can be somebody like a Robert Thomas was for the St. Louis Blues last year? Isn't it worth seeing whether the player you were scolded for drafting fifth overall in 2018 can prove all of those people wrong? Look, Barrett Hayton's already started to prove those people wrong, and he did that the second uh, the second he entered the Coyote system, went back to Sault Ste. Marie and played excellent there in the OHL. Came up this year, and he's had great flashes of great play for the Coyotes. And look, 
Granted, he's had some plays, he's had some stretches with the Coyotes where he's looked a little lost out there, he's looked a little undisciplined, but I mean, come on, it's to be expected from a 19-year-old, but Hayton's got an NHL body, he's got an NHL mind, and I think he has an NHL toolkit right now on the ice. I'd like to see what he can do in a top six. Now, there's some inherent risk with that. Do you risk taking somebody out of that role, like a Nick Schmaltz? You want to take Nick Schmaltz? Because if you're doing that, then you have to take Nick Schmaltz or Vinny Hinnestroza out of the top six in favor of Barrett Hayton. Is that something you really want to do? I'm not so sure. Do you want to do that with Clayton Keller? Look, I know he's had his struggles, but he's still one of your more talented players. So what I'm getting at here is there is some still some inherent risk for the Coyotes if they want to go that route with Barrett Hayton. You want to put him in, you got to take somebody out. And on a, on a team that's fairly deep, that could be a risk for Rick talking and it could backfire. All the points matter at this time of year. And you want to take those certainties. You know, uh, you know, as much as Nick Schmaltz or, you know, uh, or, or Clayton Keller or these guys have struggled, you still sort of know who they are. You know the rate that they're going to produce. You really have no idea what you're going to get out of Barrett Hayton. What you could get out of Barrett Hayton could be better than those guys, but it could also be worse than those guys, right? So those are the things that I think Rick talking and his staff, and I'm sure the hockey operations staff, will be juggling around in their head as well. I know uh, I've been told that Barrett has looked really, really good down in Tucson. I know it's a different game, but he's been out of game action for quite some time, uh, and he's played pretty well uh, down with the Roadrunners. One more game with the Roadrunners, then his conditioning stint is over. He'll be back with the Coyotes, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how he's deployed. Of course, I didn't even really get to the goaltending situation in this podcast. I know we talked a lot about goaltending in the last podcast, but that was before uh, Auntie Ranta, of course, uh, uh, went down with an injury, came back, and Darcy Kemper also had a setback. That That's only been a couple of days, folks. Not like I've been gone for a long time, but that's the way the goaltending situation has been revolving in Arizona. Lots of new developments, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what the situation looks like when the Coyotes get back home. Will Darcy Kemper be ready? We're told he's day-to-day, still a lower body injury. You know, Antiranta, is he healthy? Is he not? That seems to change on a day-to-day basis as well. We'll see what the Coyotes have when they come back home. We'll see what they have tomorrow in Ottawa. Uh, really, who am I kidding? So, uh, that, that's that's all we got for you guys today here on Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.